This week, I'd like to start out with something that Ethan put on his personal Facebook page. Yeah, I was stuck with a question today, and I was kind of just pondering it. And I, I kind of have a, a list of friends that runs the gamut of prepper, libertarian, anarchist people, and all the way up to the other side of that spectrum. And uh, so I asked, I was like, let's let's suggest that the Supreme Court of the United States ruled that every state has to issue has to allow shall issue concealed carry, and shall issue, uh, like we have here in Texas, is if you apply and you meet the curriculum. Or you meet the you meet the guidelines set forth by the state. They have to issue you the license, as opposed to a can issue state, i.e., California, New York, where even if you meet the criteria, it's still an arbitrary whether or not an arbitrary decision as to whether or not they want to. They don't have to, by state law, issue you a concealed handgun permit. So I said, if the Supreme Court came down and said every state has to have shall issue guidelines that if you meet the criteria they have to issue you a license and that every other state has to honor every each each individual there has to be you know unilateral reciprocity between every single state let's suggest that there's still a background check for you know for proficiency and a qualification and everything does that infringe on your rights if every state allows it but you still have to be proficient and pass a background check, so you still have to be licensed. Is it an infringement on your rights? So what you're asking is we have um, universal um, shall issue laws in every state. We have universal reciprocity for, you know, just like you do with a driver's license or a marriage license today. And you have universal, um, I guess you have, does the state get to decide what level of, of permit is required or what is required for the permit or is it universal one rule you know background check eight hours of classroom time and a, and a range time etc I, I think and I, I kind of there's a lot of stipulations and I said it's a developing sure. conversation we're sure. still talking about it right now um, but basically I think that would the level of training and this is that's the reason I pose this question is because there are some states where you don't have to qualify. You, you know, like you don't have to physically shoot a gun. You can just apply and get it. There are some other states, you know, where you have to shoot, pass a background check, take a written test, et cetera, et cetera. So where do you draw the line? That's the whole reason I actually oh, pose the question is because where you know that you either have complete constitutional carry if you're a constitutional purist and you have un, you know deregulate everything. I.e., let's think Arizona for example. Right. Um, or you just have draconian states like California, New York, New Jersey, et cetera, the usual suspects. So basically what's, it, um, what's being discussed is the what level of infringement is infringement, or maybe, maybe a better uh, way to word it would be what level of government intervention is you know, palatable to, to whoever we're talking about. Like in my case, I am a I, – I, Ideologically, I'm a diehard uh, constitutionalist, right? Which means I say, hey, the Second Amendment says shall not be infringed. That means I can carry anything wherever I want, however I want, right? Um, but being, you know, a bit more pragmatic, uh, I would like, you know, any universal reciprocity, actually, or any, um, any universal shall issue would be a step in the right direction in my mind. Well, and that's – okay. I'm going to pull one up here. I want to read – actually, Drew put up a really good, pretty concise kind of what mirrors mine, I guess. I actually does just, Drew listen to the podcast? Yes, he does. Well, hey, Drew, uh, virtual high five and mad cushy props. 
Because, I mean, it literally it did what I wanted to do because you had some people like the Mill Ellie guys, you'll usually see that air to one side of it because – and it brings in this question of training. You know, do we want quote unquote untrained people on the streets more than more than we already do because most states I'll, – I'll right, go ahead and write and admit it. The standards are abysmally low for what one would consider quote proficiency for carrying a handgun if you think that the state qual that you did in the six hours of classroom is enough to you know get you through something you, you're severely mistaken I'm just that's my that's my belief well it, it, back to pragmatically speaking again from what I've seen it is a low standard it is not a standard of okay now you can get in a gunfight and be reasonably proficient in a gunfight it's a you're not going to shoot yourself standard is and and that's what they tell me what instructors have told me the the reason that you shoot x number of rounds and x number of seconds or you have to load magazines on the firing line or you have to you know do manipulate the gun in some way or the other is just so the instructor while watching can sign off that's saying you're not going to shoot yourself while messing with your gun because you don't know how to work it. And and that's basically the proficiency that we're required to train to here in Texas and other states who have similar uh, rules as right. well. Right, and any, anyone that's worth their salt will come out and say it's not really training, quote-unquote. It's a classroom portion that gives you the lowdown on the penal code and the laws and legalities and the ins and outs of – like the legalities of carrying a handgun. But to say that it's proficiency, you know – for street level gunfighting, I mean, I hate to use that's a buzzword. I hate to use that, but you know, you for a street level sure. encounter, yeah, that's I think we're, we're greatly remiss. And and if you if you fall back on that, you know, if you don't, I think you you need to seek more training. I, I'll be well, now here's, with that. Uh, to tie into your question, now would you, uh, Martin, trade universal shall issue and universal reciprocity to much more detailed training? Like it's gonna cost maybe it costs you a little bit more to get the permit as opposed to mm. what here in Texas is 150 bucks. Let's say the permit's know. free. I mean, if we're gonna be hypothetical, okay. Someone, but the training's someone, gonna cost the, money, right? right? Somebody's gonna train you. It's about well, 300 with the permit. Well, let's and say the class. yeah, let's say that all of a sudden you have to get 40 hours of handgun training, right? Right. To be able to concealed carry, but on the other hand, your 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 permit is now good anywhere in the United States. Would you trade that off, or would you say, no, that's too much training and some other compromise? Well, that's a really interesting question. It's kind of it's kind of hard. To, I, I keep thinking as you guys are talking back and forth, I keep going back to driver's licenses. I mean, sure. we, we make people you know take tests and drive and sit in a classroom. Now, I've spent a lot of time that other CHL holders don't do at the range shooting and practicing. And most here's, of those gun types too, right? Here's why I don't make that. And I, I've, I don't make that comparison. And I've had this discussion with several people, and maybe my interpretation of this is wrong because I'm not, I'm not a constitutional purist. That's why the Supreme Court of the United States exists, by definition, to interpret these things that aren't previously enumerated directly in the Constitution. Driving, by my definition, is not a, it's not a right. You don't have the right to drive. Mm-hmm. You have the right of travel. And free travel, whatever that mode may be, but driving a car is in no way a right. You're not, you don't just wake up and can drive a car. You can't do that. And right. ideologically, so if I, you mess up, you lose your license, and you have to be proficient. And ideologically, I agree 100 percent with that. I believe that, you, you know, this is a this is a fundamental civil right we've decided as a country, uh, and you know, us gun types have always believed that, but we've recently decided a, a, that it's a fundamental civil right. So you can't treat it like a privilege like driving okay 
but I got to use the word pragmatically again, right? Realistically. But, but, but your question was specific. Not I, I was just referencing what I go back and forth to. Sure. Your, your question, it wasn't specifically that I was comparing that, you know, no, no, getting no, no, no. a CHL right. was like driving a car. I wasn't saying that. I'm just saying that what we allow people to do across state lines and, sure. and the, the Lice, yeah. yeah licensing usually crosses yeah. state lines for so, something. So a lot of times I'm just saying that you have to have extended training to get something like that. Yeah. So to have something that would be universal to take it to every state to to do that, I could understand some some schooling. Sure. Because if if I travel to another state right now, it's very hard for me to know the local laws and restrictions. Well, here's mm-hmm. a question. Even if I took 40 hours, it, I would not know the local laws and restrictions. No, what you're saying, Martin, is you'd be okay with that because now it's universal, so you can take it across state lines and the other states will be happy with it. What if that was required to carry in your state? Would you still trade the possibility of being able to travel out of the state for that, but you still had to take 40-plus hours of, of handgun training in order to conceal carry in your state? Well, yeah, only because that would be the only way that I would be legally allowed to carry. See, that's very interesting. I mean, I, I that's the that's the problem is I'm gonna if I was to sit here and say no, I wouldn't, then all of a sudden I'm breaking the law and I could find myself in a lot of trouble. You find yourself in situations that you never expect yourself to be in, and it's best to you know. It, I'm not saying that you have to be this perfect law-abiding citizen that never speeds or never does anything wrong, but when you're gonna be taking, you have the possibility of taking someone's life. I think that you're going to be in the right stance and you're going to have a better chance at continuing to have a happy and fulfilled life if you're in the law when you well, have here's, a gun. And here's what I said to that. I'm going to, I'm going to say this and I want to read that comment because we keep getting Sure. I want to read it. But basically um, someone said it very plainly. They're like the public should have the trust, you know, much like Arizona has given back that trust to the public, to the people, you know, for their own personal defense and, and common uh, common good order. But we don't with, do that, right? With trust, I believe, comes that responsibility. If you put someone in a position of trust, you also have a responsibility. Now, the question is who and at what point, what governing body, if any, and I'm being totally objective here because I want everyone's opinion, who whose responsibility is it to say you have an obligation and you have – you have to uphold the trust. You have, you know, you've been given this responsibility. Now you have to uphold it. Where do we draw the line? So let me read this quote that a friend of mine put up, and he said, "By definition of the word infringement, yes, it is." My question, the answer to my question is yes. Infringe means to limit or undermine. So by imposing background checks and proficiency qualifications, it would be an infringement upon the Second Amendment. The caveat to that is it does infringe. Is question, does it infringe upon the sense and good judgment of law-abiding citizens? I would bet that it does not, given the fact that you, as well as myself and every other responsible gun owner, enjoys learning, training, and researching regarding our firearms. Now, I can already hear the backwoods proletariat screaming about, and this is all direct quote, about how it's our God-given right to keep and bear arms. Yes, I suppose it is. However, is it a good give, is it a God-given right to be an uninformed, unsafe, lowbrow jack wagon with a gun potentially becoming a detriment to society? In my opinion, it is not. When other people's ignorance becomes my problem, I begin to take issue with the whole quote God-given sentiment. Bottom line is, if you have a firearm, you should at least know which end the bullet comes out. And I, that that pretty much sums it up. And I think that might offend some people out there, and that's fine. We have our opinions, and that's a direct quote, and that was his opinion. But I think that summed up what I feel about it pretty well. 
It's, it's a pretty good thing, but here's the problem with his question. He asked if you have the right to be an idiot. And here in America, we have definitely decided that, yes, 100%, you have the right to be an idiot. You have the right to vote for whoever you want to. You have the, vote to, you have the right to get whatever job you want to, live wherever you want to. If you want to live below sea level in a, in a town with bad berms, you could live there. I mean, we, there's, a, there's a 100% right to be whoever you want to be, from a jerk to a wonderful person. And so, tying that into firearms... Yeah, you do a disservice to our community, the firearms community, by being a jerk, right? Nobody wants that guy on the range or the or the gun store commando or the or the jerk on the internet on the forums. But you have the right to be that jerk. And who am I to say that you know you shouldn't have you shouldn't carry around a gun because you're not trained up to what level I perceive it at? And I think as society, that's what we're struggling with. As far as internally, right? That's what we talk about, the things that we, we make fun of this, this type of person, this type of gun owner, or the hunters tell the AR guys there's no reason to own a black rifle, or the, the black rifle guys make fun of the FUDs, quote-unquote, right? So The FUDs? What do you mean? The FUDs, the hunter types, okay. the people who just own a gun to Elmer call deer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but But – you have the right to be that. You have the right to be the tactical jerk, right? We make fun of them. We make fun of the tactical guys, don't we? But they have the right to be that way. Yes, we, don't, we would I, deny I, them. I do have the right to be that way. <laughs> Wait, you do have the right to be tactical? tactical? I also have the right to be an attorney. You can be an attorney if you want. Sure. And you don't even have to go to law yeah, school. You do out. have the right. You just have to be able to pass the bar. And I don't... I don't I don't know that you can't. I think you're below bar. Yeah, I don't know about that. Bar's not set that low. I think Was he that li- a short I think joke? he lives below sea level, too. Below sea, and you live below sea level. No. But – and I think uh, the the tale here, right, is is trying to find that that actual place where we can all live together instead of this ideological place where we all die on our ideological hill, right? Let's come down – Let's discuss it all. Let's uh, let's you know the open carry versus uh, versus concealed carry crowd, right? They yell at each other and they 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 act like jerks on the internet. But in the end, we're all on the same side, right? We're all about uh, we're all about furthering the firearms community, you know, whether it be a jerk or a a wonderful person that we all look up to in the community. Um, I think the real question is: Do you have to look at yourself? You have to kind of step back and say, if I was the only one that was allowed to carry a gun, is that something that would truly make me happy? And if it is, then you have some deeper rooted issues <laughs> than anyone can get into in an hour and a half long podcast. But you should still go ahead and send us a message. Uh, go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash gunshowpodcast. Leave us a message. Tell us why you think you should be the only one carrying a gun. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to hear it. Um, and subscribe. Uh, so now th- there's a very interesting issue though that that we've we've kind of delved into is the the idea of of uh, compromise the the left the people that want to basically take away our right to keep and bear arms they're constantly screaming about you know we should dialogue we should at least have a conversation quote unquote about gun control right gun safety i guess is the new term or is it ghost gun either way uh the they always talk about compromise 
And in my mind, compromise is something what, what Ethan brought up, right? You trade much more training for universal reciprocity, right? You trade, oh, I don't know, let's trade instant background checks, universal instant background checks, right, for suppressors and machine guns coming off the NFA registry and being class one firearms. That's something we'd talk about, right? But for some reason... The other side doesn't want to talk about compromise. They're in, the, in their mind, compromise is taking a little bit less than we want to give them. Well, the, always what I hear about compromise is you always hear like a Michael Moore one time. He was, yeah. on, he was on a debate, and he was talking about how, well, get yourself a dog. Well, I have a dog, and I still have a gun. Well, get you, yourself a you, bigger dog. Do you carry your dog with you? So the, so the question is, is <laughs> the compromise is a, is a compromise to something that they want or they see. I kind of feel that when people really, truly look at something like, oh, get yourself a bigger dog or get a dog, that's the kind of person that is willing to shovel work off onto somebody else instead of owning up to the fact that it's your right to protect yourself and your family. They're the first ones to scream that the police didn't get there fast enough. Oh. They're the first ones to you know, say my neighbor's cameras didn't happen to be pointed in the correct direction. It's always going to be somebody else's fault. So if this is a, a, a real argument on the base level about personal responsibility and whether or not one person believes in it or another person believes the government's in charge of it, then I guess there really is no compromise to the debate. Um, uh, a friend of ours, we probably said on this podcast before, but a friend of ours said it comes down to do you trust the government with guns or do you trust the populace with guns? I mean, if you break it down in its simplest terms. And to me, the knee-jerk reaction is I trust the populace because I don't trust the government with guns. I see what government guns do historically, and it's usually, you know, eh, nine times out of ten, it's very bad things, including if you it's know, on its own shores, it's usually bad. First, it's usually first and really foremost, which bad. is what we're, we're sure. which is the context of what we're referring to. Sure. Here. So if you trust the populace with guns, very few times does horrible things happen. Horrible things do happen, but right, we've talked about the statistics anomalies of mass shootings on this show. We've talked about the well. Look at that. If you take if you take each one of these mass shootings, you take the location and say that it's a a small country on it, you know, within itself. You've take you've effectively removed the possibility of that populace in that area of having firearms, and you're relying on a government entity or somebody else to step in and protect everyone. So sure. what happens? You have somebody that would step in, which could you, you could easily say that would be a dictator or whatever. But now you have somebody that that has full control. Why? Because they have one firearm and nobody else has a firearm. And that's what I think we're. I think that that's what comes down to the the argument for and against gun control, right? Is like you said, it's personal responsibility. Is am I responsible for my safety or is some government entity? And I think we can all agree that the government entity is not responsible for our safety. And I think our listeners can. But if you've got a different opinion, let us know. Yeah, please hop on Facebook.com slash Gun Show Podcast. Uh, like us, leave us a message, and subscribe with all your friends. We want to hear what you guys have to say. Ethan, do you have anything to add to that? No, I, I mean, there's a well, yeah, there's a lot, but not to the for the sake of what we're doing here, no. Not really. You, you couldn't have just said no. You know what? I'm a man of many words. He wanted to dig a little deeper. Yeah. He did. I appreciate yeah. that. So one of the topics we wanted to cover... Speaking of things... ...is the uh, the new TLR-4. Right? G? G. TLR-4G? TLR-4G. 4G. So it's not as fast as LTE. <laughs> I knew Is that this was, a phone? I knew that was coming. 
Really? Was well, that obvious? It's pretty interesting. Yeah. This is uh, Streamlight's um, compact green laser and light. So this is the TLR4, but now with green laser. Yeah. Even more better. Yeah. I mean, I've never used a TLR4. You ever used a TLR4? No. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I think I picked it up in a store. The or one like and the three. Never used the four. Now I'm going to assume that the four is just as good as the three, and I can vouch for the one and two. So, what price point are we looking at here? That's the that that'd be the interesting uh, thing. Like one? Uh, no, the the GM sorry, is like two two twenty. The MSRP on this is about four hundred dollars. Whoa! Yeah. Whoa! Check out. I could have swore it was on that Optics Planet today. They were like two twenty. Yeah. So the TLR two G is definitely three hundred dollars on Amazon. So the oh, yeah, TLR four G yeah. is two hundred dollars. TLR four G has an MSRP currently okay. at four hundred. Okay. Is that from Streamlight? That's from somebody running their. Oh, it's a pre-introductory sale. It's on sale right now for two hundred bucks. Ah. Now at the two hundred dollar price point, uh, this is a winner if you have a compact firearm with a rail, right? This. I've tried the TLR um, three on a full-size firearm, and I didn't like it. I didn't like the gap that you get. Uh, in between the trigger guard and the light, it didn't care for it. Now, on a compact, a uh, rail-equipped handgun like a Springfield Armory XD compact or MMP or something to that effect, I really like this light. Um, I think it works well on it, and uh, I've only experienced good things from Streamlight so far. One of the things that I kind of look at this is it's a lot like a Viridian light and laser, except that this has more of a flashlight um, head on it. So you're going to get a much better throw versus the little LED. Now, I, I love Viridians and have no issues with them, but I think that this is kind of – this might be a little bit of a step up. You need a spot beam. Yeah, in, in the way that you can control your light Yeah, and the way that it throws the light is going to be a little bit more efficient and effective this way. To throw some numbers out, 115 lumens, which is usable, especially in a tiny light on a tiny pistol. Uh, and the it, LED is uh, almost two-hour runtime. Uh, let's see. And that's on a single CR2 battery. Oh, that's right. I forgot they run on so CR2. That's, that, that's not a CR123. That's not too bad. So that's a smaller yeah. battery. Um, Which, again, that's like what Viridians... This is designed specifically for compact pistols. Sure. So it's not it's not the kind that you're going to actually pick up and want to throw on your you know your 1911 with a rail. This is for your Glock 19s, your, your shorter you know concealed carry firearms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so go check that out if you're in the – especially the green laser. I, I'm, I, when they first came out and they started getting popular, I kind of poo-pooed the idea. You know, who needs the green laser? The red works great. But having messed with them just a little bit, I think the green's superior. Well, the biggest thing, of the difference between the TLR2 and this one is that the operating temperature range. The TLR2 only has an operating temperature range of 32 up to 104 where I guess it's guaranteed by the manufacturer. This one has a negative 20 up to 120 degrees. I was going to say, that's actually, that first number, that's kind of small. That's, that's actually ex- a really, yeah. really be, narrow margin. And so they, I'd be willing to bet money that the TLR2 works outside those margins. I, I but, would, but I, I can see what's like the, yeah. it's, well, it's like the rating on a sleeping bag. They say yeah. it's a 30-degree bag. It's got a working temperature of sure. down to right. 15 degrees. But that's know. those are the numbers that they have for the um, TLR2. So I think that's part of the other reason wow. why this is going to be such a more impressive laser i do like it uh i definitely want to check it out uh maybe we can get our hands on one for some uh, t&e that'd be fun 
And maybe some more green lasers. I'd like to play with some green lasers. Green's better. Yeah, I think it is. It's 300-something percent brighter than red to the human eye. Something like that. Like 80, 80% of the time every time. It's just math, people. You can't argue with this. <laughs> well, speaking of math, did y'all hear that uh, Sig Sauer was rated by SWAT? <laughs> yeah, apparently someone else's math Wait, was no. wrong. So, oh, 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 you guys worked See, together I, on that no, segment. No, no. Oh, you not just at all. rescued him. Yeah. No, it's not about rescuing. It's about how many guns went missing. That's math. Like, there's, <laughs> okay, if the paperwork's wrong, the numbers math. are wrong. <laughs> Dude, I fail at math daily, and you I'm really still, fail at math. My mind is right still there. blown by the segue. I'm sorry. That was brilliant. Dude, Dude no, that, that was, was not the segue guy. That was not just it at all. Wow, people. You are hearing this live on, well, recorded on a podcast, but it was live. When it was recorded. Some people pay double for this kind of action, people. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So what happened was, what happened was, now, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize this, uh, and you guys tell me if I've missed any of the high points, but uh, some Republican guard somewhere uh, in a country that I can't Kyrgyzstan, pronounce. Kyrgyzstan, I believe it is. Yeah, I can't pronounce it. Kyrgyzstan, yeah. Kazakhstan or Kyrgyzstan? Those are two different places. See, you don't Kazakhstan. Kazakh, okay. Yes. K-R-Y-G and K-A-Z. No, no, it's K-A-Z-A. <laughs> All right. Kazakhstan. Bunch of hillbillies. Guard <laughs> ended up with some uh, six-hour pistols, right? Yes. Uh, but they didn't. 70 of them. 70 of them. Okay. And the story is that the the German authorities were upset by this because the end-user certificates didn't say that's where they were going. And they went to America first. They actually came through here. Yeah, they were supposed to go okay. to America for civilian sales. So what had happened was Sig Sauer sent some guns over to America. Somebody in America sent them over to Kyrgyzstan. The, the American company obtained you export are approval. You that. Kyrgyzstan? Kazakhstan. 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 You mixed. This is why I, I, told I said it wrong first, it. and then he mixed what I said wrong with what you. The, I, and then just, now, I so I what you're it. getting at is you enabled him, and now he's just. I'm an enabler. What can yeah, I say? You enabled him. So yes, the U.S. So company. So this is about paperwork. The U.S. company then got him. This is not nothing. Nothing export rights criminal. And then sent him out. Really, I don't nothing think illegal, anything. Well, outside of paperwork, nothing criminal. It wasn't that these guns couldn't legally go there. It wasn't as they they were they were smuggled over there. This was somebody didn't do the, the right paperwork. The, but regardless of however it is, they're considering it a bypass transaction, which in Germany is a violation of the Foreign Trade Act and the Arms Act. So oh, okay. So this is just, against Germany. It's bad Interpol it's, stuff. Like, it's not okay, but to say that it was like, I guess malicious is what we're looking for. There's no malicious intent from what it appears. It, it doesn't on surface. Yeah, it went to a and it went to a legitimate force. This is the, the not even the Republic. I think the Presidential Guard of Kazakhstan. Um, so I don't think that they were like, oh, we're gonna smuggle these pistols off to the the, the evil Stan people. I think it was just Kazakhstan. someone forgot to. I said Stan for a reason. See, take, you can take get your, out. Take your pick of Stan. See, because you're an American <laughs> and you're like, I don't know what's east of the Mississippi, so you can just get out of it and call everything a Stan, and you're not wrong. <laughs> Well, you heard it here first on the Gun Show Podcast. <laughs> Gun Show Podcast Geography Lesson. Ethan's opinions are Ethan's opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Gun Show Podcast. No, we cleared it. It's okay. Yeah. I'm from east of the Mississippi, so I used to have I don't to say that for Scott it. all the time. So. so you're a Stan? Ask the average American to point out Vermont on a map and see how far this goes. Oh, it's the one with the squiggly lines of the border. And I rest my case. <laughs> Um, oh, I think if I mean if we beat that enough to death, yeah, it looks like it's not like it's going to be the end of Sig or anything like that. It was just a minor 
something something that's going to probably gonna get worked break out. Break off the sour part. One thing that I noticed, and if you guys read the bottom of the article, because it's a it was a written it was with Truth About Guns, I think that had that article. Uh, them and a Several few other people. Have had the Blaze might have been the Blaze or something like yeah. that. Anyway, uh, the Kazakhstan the Kazakh uh, Presidential Guard also carries an interesting long gun. They carry the ARX 160 yeah, chambered they, in 7.62 by 39. Yeah, they just got that. Does that use AK mags or ARX 160 mags? Probably ARX 160. But mags. isn't the uh, AR isn't the I could ARX be wrong. 160 here in America a 22 long rifle? Well, we uh, talked. That's the ARX 100. That's no, the, one. the 100 is the 556, right? right or am but I it's incorrect? the same gun. It's the same. Here, I'll pull it up. I know, but I thought the 100 in the Amer- in America was a 5.56, and the 160 was the 22 long rifle here. I think he's right. Yeah, when they brought over the 22 version, they called it the ARX 160 22. Okay, now and this isn't. Okay, there's variants. The ARX 160. But you are SF. that they are reporting. These are it as all the same. Yeah, these are all the same gun. The variants I are. I think in Europe the 160 is the you know the, the actual military issue I'll read rifle. It because they uh, changed caliber, the hundred when they brought it over here. Twenty two isn't listed. At least for Wikipedia, this is off them. This uh, twenty two is not listed under the caliber variants. Right. But so I'm on the Beretta website. And, and I'm on the says, one that's got more information and probably is yeah, a crappy website. Yeah, the Beretta website, website says 160. ARX 160 22 long rifle. Yeah, that's weird. That I think is made by Umarex. Manufactured by Umarex, yeah, yes. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But don't worry, Umarex has probably you know, made sure that it runs just fine. <laughs> just like all the other ones that they've ever produced. Listen, this is me holding my breath. Wait, that wasn't nope, you holding, holding my breath. No, oh. <laughs> that was you breathing. Actually, they've got four calibers listed. Uh, 5.56, 5.45... Uh, six eight and seven point six two by three nine. That's kind of cool. I really would like to see a picture of that magazine. Um, so, speaking of, oh no, that's your job. Oh, you, would you yeah. like me to change it? No, nope, that's your job. Can we segue? You, you would you like me to segue? Insert segue. No, hold on. Speaking of having uh, firearms without the proper paperwork, an armed dad did what he could do to protect his daughter and is actually in trouble. He actually used his firearm to protect his daughter and is now in trouble for doing so. He was protecting her apparently from some thugs. Some thugs? Thugs. Not thubs. No. Thugs. Okay. Oh, he is in Illinois. Yeah, he shot uh, an intruder uh, to death while fending off uh, the would-be robbers. And apparently this is an old man at the age of 44, uh, but he is on crutches. So He was on crutches. He shot somebody uh, to death, and then they said his FOID card was expired. Yeah, his paperwork. <sighs> For those of you who don't know what a FOID card is, it's a firearm owner's identification. And uh, that is a card that you have to have to buy ammo, guns, to own them. And his was expired, which means he didn't keep up to date on his papers, please. So what have we come to where you use a gun legally in defense of your hearth and home and the cops come in and say, oh, oh. Sorry, you didn't dot the right I. Your paperwork was expired. Your, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. Your driver's license expired. We're going to take you to jail. I'd like to, and I'm not, not. You know, I, I'll be pointed. I don't agree with the existence of FOID cards. They, they shouldn't exist, period. That's one of those things I don't agree with at all in any sense. Um, however, however. Oh, I see where you're going. Here's the letter of the law. If you choose to live in that area, which he did, it's... Illinois, we we understand how how backwards their gun laws are. If you choose to live in that place, and you're going to be a gun owner, 
the ethical and the moral responsibilities are different. Morally, no one's going to slight them. Now, I don't think anyone in the world is. Ethically, if you think you're doing the right thing, and Martin already brought this up, you have an obligation to adhere to the letter of the law wherever you live. If, you, if you're going to live there and play by okay. their rules, you pay, to, you pay to play. Don't mistake that for me agreeing with the fact that he should have had a FOID card because it shouldn't exist. He shouldn't be in the situation because it shouldn't happen. But he is in the situation, and he failed to keep his paperwork in check. That's all. That's all I'm saying. And I would like to point out it was a misdemeanor. It's not like he I shot was just him say, and yeah. they hauled him off to jail after the fact. Yeah. It was a ticket. This it wasn't, but the thing this wasn't, we have it must to, not have been inside Chicago because I'm sure it's a felony. Part of, the pro- part of the problem that you really have to think about here is it's is great. Yes, it is a misdemeanor. My more, I have a bigger concern for the fact that this these guys that broke into his house and he had to kill, are their family are now going to sue him. And he is most likely going to be thrown under the bus for having a gun that's, you know, well, how, the lawyer's going to sit there and say, well, he didn't have the proper paperwork. He wasn't taking care of it. Why did he have the right to have this firearm to shoot and gun down these innocent kids? Because that's what they're going to say. Sad, oh, yeah, I know how this is going to get sadly, thrown over the coals. Sadly, in our society, the best we can hope for is this poor homeowner. Uh, one, he's not a homeowner. <laughs> Pray he doesn't own his home. And two, he doesn't have good insurance. That way, no one will sue him because he doesn't have anything to sue for. And that's the best we can hope for in these type of situations. Now, and I think that's a very interesting point Martin brought up. And it's something that you might tell a new shooter or tell a new concealed carry owner. But if you have a gun and you're going to defend yourself, you're supposed to be ready to be sued, right? You know when you pull the trigger, good, bad, or indifferent, somebody's going to sue you. No matter how righteous the shoot is, no matter how within the law you are, no matter how important it was, or how many lives you say from pulling the trigger, you're going to get sued. I have a, I have um, lawyers. I, I actually pay for a, a service called Texas Shield. And I don't, I don't Texas say that I law Texas Law Shield. Shield. I don't actually say that I have lawyers on retention. I say that I have insurance for carrying my gun. And that's how I look at it. It's it's insurance. And this is an insurance that you can – even if you don't have a CHL, they still offer you home protection in case you have to use a shotgun to defend your home. Basically, Texas Law Shield, Shield sorry, is like a prepaid tickets. Prepaidtickets.com, have you seen that, the lawyer thing? It, it's by definition. It's a legal – I mean it's a legal retainer sure. of and sorts. Sure, and that's what it is. Oh, by definition. I, and there's sure. a lot more to it. But though. that's but they, why they I call cover, it insurance. Yeah, and they cover up to a certain amount – of lawyers' fees. They cover all. No, no. Everything? There's Dude. not a cap. They I'll tell you right now, it. I have a good friend. No I'd cap? actually like to get them on at some point if we can interview yes. them and talk I, and about I, this. I would love to because I have their service. If you, if you, this goes down, I do too. I'm also a member. Um, they have NFA stuff as well. They, they're a very comprehensive and they have gun uh, legislate, not legislation, um, firearms legality firm, I guess. Right. It, it is a weird, whatever the word is. Um, no, it's not a, you don't pay a premium. There's no deductible. It's nothing like that. You literally call them. Yeah, you just pay the you one buy-in premium. You don't pay a cent. And I'm talking, they've settled some serious cases. Serious, serious cases that cost people a lot of money. Like six-figure style. Yeah, and it didn't uh, cost them a dime. It's uh, Texas Beyond what their LLP. Was. And they basically, they give you a card and it you read off, they want you to read off the back of your card to any officer. Like they kind of give you instructions, you know, once you use your firearm, call 911, tell them that you've been, you know, the victim of this crime, then call them 
and then either call the police back and wait for them to get there, but don't say anything. But when the cops show up to invoke your right um, to the Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendments of the U.S. Constitution, just shut your mouth and not say anything. So I think that they're actually, I, I think they're a great company, and they're doing a great, they are. A great and service just to call for gun them. owners. I, it, as far as just any laws, and uh, they do, I mean, they'll deal with knife law, any, any like penal, basically anything with a penal code that involves carrying a weapon, they either somehow cover it or will at least give you the information just to call them. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I call them and I get a lawyer calling me back within a half hour to say, yeah, you know, we interpret this, this, and this, and they, they, this is what they do. They're gun lawyers. They do this day in and day out. So if you need someone to wade through the, the legal speak, of guns, um, and they have a multi-state option as well. So if you're right. in Oklahoma, it's affordable. That's yeah. the thing. Oh yeah. See, that's a, that's when you really start looking at what insurances are beneficial to you and what's not beneficial to you is when the the buy-in uh, greatly is is so much smaller than the risk because they say that the justified shooting is going to cost you sixty thousand dollars minimum. That's justified. That is someone kicks in your door, um, whatever happens, blah, 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 and you pull the trigger and you kill them, you're looking at $60,000. So they cover that. And like Ethan was saying, there's there's no fees. There's no hidden fees. They cover you as long as you've – now, as long as you've used your firearm responsibly and in the correct manner and you haven't broken any laws by having it, then you're covered. But – if not, and that's what the actually company states, if you pulled your firearm and you use it incorrectly, then they're not going to cover you. So, you, you know, you, you need to be a responsible gun owner. And I'd like to, uh, to, to put an exclamation point on that to the first part of my story. You're going to get sued, right? So this is just, like you said, it's good insurance for if and when that arrives. You know, we talk about... Uh, we talk about being prepared. If you're carrying a gun to use defensively, part of being prepared is being prepared for the aftermath, right? And this is part of it. Well, you know, one of the things that these uh, boys that broke into that guy's house should have been prepared for was the aftermath of math of possibly getting shot. They should have been carrying around the new XStat. And Ooh. they could have possibly uh, shoved this little device inside of their wound and pushed the plunger and shoved, what is it, probably 50 tiny little pellets of, what, gauze? Yeah, just their hemostatic pellets, basically. Tiny sponges, according to this. I don't know. Uh, you know what it looks like on the pictures and the uh, and the accompanying graphics? A is turkey it, baster. It looks <laughs> like a, yeah, it looks like a turkey baster. Or something. No, a turkey injector, like one of the Cajun injector tools. That's what it looks like to me. Filled with Mentos. Yes. The fresh maker. And what, these, the something maker. and what these little Mentos remind me of is the the washcloth in a pill form, or the shirt in the yes, pill, the shirt yes, that, the hockey I puck shirt. About the hockey puck shirt, exactly. And evidently, you shove these things into your bleeding orifice, and it seals it off and makes it a non-orifice again. I, I live by one very very simple. Literally, I live by this. I'm alive. Air goes in and out, and blood goes round and round. And if you have any deviations there, you've probably got problems. <laughs> All right, so this That's is called. Great. Thank I, you. <laughs> this is called the X stat. Yes. And uh, it, I guess they're trying to push it to. Let's see. Are they trying to push it to the military? Or the military are using this. I stuff? think it might have been fielded limited. One of the guys at that company is a retired uh, SF medic. Ah, I see and that now. He, yes. Yeah, I think he says something. He's used it. It has been used in theater. 
in, in some limited capacity. It says, our current efforts are focused on controlling hemorrhage in pre-hospital settings. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about, I think, with the advancements in medical care, in emergency medical care nowadays, if you can stop the bleeding uh, via tourniquet uh, normally, or uh, I think, it, it, what, how do you say it? Tension pneumothorax? Hey, tension, yeah, tension pneumothorax. And tension pneumothorax. Those are things that are going to kill you nowadays. Because as long as you can get to the you know the hospital within the emergency room within three hours, nothing else is probably going to kill you. Um, so th- if you could stop those two things in the field. And so this is for those times where you have severe bleeding that can't be stopped with a tourniquet, I assume. Yeah, in the areas like your shoulder or your yeah, hips, someplace where yeah. you can't stop it. Your entire torso. Yeah. It's designed that you shove it into, like, like you said, the torso. I don't well, know if Well, here's the works. thing with an, interior, an arterial bleed, even on the leg, somewhere that you could apply a tourniquet. Tourniquets don't always do the... the um, they don't always do the trick because if it's a deep arter- if it's a deep artery, which most of them are, um, and the artery retracts because you know a, t- a tourniquet's using pressure, and half the time you and most of the time you're going to want to try and use bone pressure as well. But if you can't get to it, it's going to keep bleeding inside. So you might turn it off on the outside visibly, but you're still bleeding on the inside. This is a point applicator that's designed to go into the wound, right to the source of the, the hemorrhage. And actually plug it so and you, clot it. So you like this? You think I, this the is idea a great is, idea? Is I actually was talking with Kerry Davis from Dark Angel. We've spoken about him before. Right. Like within and the Dark last Angel month. is a is a very popular medical. Yes. Uh, both of them. What the why? It's a wife, a husband and wife company, mm-hmm. and they are both medics. Yeah. At some point. Yep. They were both Air Force medics. Um, so and now I, we're having a conversation. Yeah. Specifically, I said, Kerry, is there some way we can design something? Because actually, you hear a lot of people the old. Um, the usage of tampons, actually, which right. is still yeah, in I've use, heard of that. Yeah. which does work. The problem is um, the the fibers aren't captured, so if they don't debrid the wound properly, you could get an embolism from having for having you know non okay. non organic material inside you. That basically. sounds bad. And that's that's more of an extended thing. That's not something you need to worry about if that you, that's what you've got and you got to do it and that's it. But I was like, why don't we try and invent something that's like a mesh, like a captured mesh, so that when you insert it and it expands, you're not going to leave any debris in the wound after it has to be removed by by triage personnel, by you know by uh, secondary medical personnel. So there's going to be extensive cleaning of the wound area, but mm-hmm. you're going to be alive. And here's the deal with, and I'll, I'll give you the, and you've probably read this with that. What it's called? This I'm sorry, I forget what it's called off the top of my head. The Xstat. The Xstat. Um, and this is the same with any of the combat gauze or anything you'll see that has a magnetic strip sewn into it yeah. imprinted on it. And what this that's has, this for, has magnetic X's on it for X-raying. It, and that's what it's for. So if they, someone closes the wound up and you get say you get handed off, and again, this is more for austere medicine or somewhere in a, in a war zone where you may get handed off to three or four different medical providers and the continuity of information is not there, they don't know what they plugged into you, and they decide to close the wound without checking it, and they run an x-ray, they'll find that you have foreign objects inside of you and they can remove them instead of you dying from something that was intended to save your life. So according to this article, uh, RevMedX, which is the, the company that makes the X-Stat, has received a $5 million grant from the U.S. Army to finish developing its product. So that means that uh, evidently there's some real interest in this in the military community and uh, it'll be interesting to see if this makes it into the standard... You know, IFAC, the the standard first aid kit that we're deploying with. 
All right. Well, I think it's time for us to go to a listener question. Uh, we got a question from Dennis. He uh, he says, "Oh, hey Dennis, Mad Cushy Props. Thanks for listening. And here's a virtual high five." Wait, wait. Weren't you going to do the soundboard there? <laughs> Isn't that the part where you do a cheesy sound effect? Or are you just waiting for me to say something silly so you can <laughs> save it and torment me with it later? Let's do both. Your what the? Oh, I was noise. like, what is talking? Your phone was talking that entire last. Dude, there line. was definitely some voices. I was like, I, did you see me looking around? I was, I was, I was, like, I was looking I, at I my phone. I heard it, but I swear it wasn't my phone. Unless there's a video, oh, I could have, I could have bumped one of stupid Facebook videos. But the sound's off. I don't understand. I'm sorry. Is it on your laptop? No, I. I mean, it could have been, but I I don't know. Because, see, my laptop stuff comes straight through, so we would hear it. Yeah, we would have heard it. That's weird. So that sounds. You hear that? You guys hear that? I'm the only one that heard that, aren't I? Oh, I'm insane. All right. Um, So we're going to have to pick that up. What were we. Okay. I think you should just slip. Just have a couple like me going. I would. I'm, I'm gonna vote no. It gives it that real feel, you know. Does like it? there's a real human behind that you microphone. You know what really makes it feel like a real human behind the microphone? Here we go. <laughs> oh. oh. I can't believe I haven't got an email or a, or a mad phone, angry phone call from a listener telling us he about probably the doesn't soundboard. listen anymore. <laughs> Picking up where we left off. I don't remember where. Yeah, I, that's I, I saw it in your face. <laughs> he goes. Happened? He just goes. <laughs> <laughs> he looks over the top of my like. What? What's going on, guys? <laughs> All right, no. So we actually have a question from Dennis. Um, he says, with the tax return season coming up, he's looking at purchasing a G17, uh, and he was wanting to conceal carry it. Uh, one of the things that he was looking at doing was getting a 16-inch – now, concealed carrying it meaning he could possibly throw it in his truck or under the seat or something like that. But he was looking at getting one of the 16-inch barrels for the Glock that he might be getting along with a CAA – what is that? Roni. Roni? Yeah, the Roni kit. Stock. Yeah, we um, talked about that. So it basically it turns a Glock into a little tiny rifle. I've messed with the Roni. I've seen people mess with the 16-inch barrel. Um, I haven't messed with both of them together. Uh, to me, it seems like it'd be a neat toy to try out. But now here's the, and here's the issue. Uh, if you're going to spend that kind of money, I looked at the prices on the Roni with a stock. I looked at the prices of 16 inch barrel. If it's even reliable, because I know it has a lids device on it, uh, Nielsen device, sorry, on it, which is a, a a booster basically for the recoil to allow the barrel to tilt because it's so heavy. Um, if it's reliable, it's going to be the same price as buying a rifle and putting it in your trunk. So what are we talking about on price? Uh, I know the Roni stocks are upwards. I, I can't remember if they're just south of three hundred, just north. Four. I, I want to say they're towards north. Towards four. It was going towards yeah. four. Ethan and I were shooting them one of those little Keltex. Yes. A uh, little five five six, a folder. Yes. Su sixteen F, I think it was. Yes. And we were hammering some plates with it. Yeah, F standing for flamethrower model. Yeah. <laughs> that thing was just slanging. Which we, flash, yeah, we've got like, some pictures that are going to be going up of it. Well, but I tell you what, you can get that, an AK. And you can get, I was just going to say yeah. you can get into one of those for four hundred. Yeah. So here's the deal: if you got to go to your trunk, and I think I remember that if I read the message correctly, uh-huh. you know, if he if he's got to go above his handgun, and you're going to your trunk, sure, 
make going to your trunk worthwhile. It's either, Ooh, it's either going like to yeah. going to his trunk or in his bug out bag. Yeah, let's if you got to if you got to go through that much, you you need to bring a little more hate. I, I think I think at I this like price point if this was reliable, I could maybe see an argument for it. Uh, we don't know the reliability level until you do it. And I think the price is a factor here. And I think there are better choices at this price point, like you guys said. I recently saw AR-15s, you know, the ATI Omni. I can't speak to its uh, its reliability factor uh, other than it's an AR-15, but I've seen them lo- less than $500. Yeah, yeah. You could just sub You can literally get into an AR-15 less than $600 all day long by going on the internet. No. Um, one, so why wouldn't you do that? I don't know. And one of the things I wanted to point out along with that is the fact that when you do have a rifle, something that's designed, uh, it'll have a longer sight radius. Sure, yes, you, you get all the benefits a of having a rifle. Difference. You get all the benefits of having a uh, an AR-15. Now here's a here's an argument. Uh, let me play devil's advocate here and argue for the for no. the Roni. What about now? Okay. Okay. You can argue for beefaroni. <laughs> no, oh, that's cool. I like beefaroni. Dinner. Yay. The <laughs> the roni with a 16-inch barrel. Okay. Uh, so we're not worried about any of the SBR nonsense. We're not worried about it, whether it's legal or not in your jurisdiction. But now we have uh, – what do we have? We have commonality of caliber, right? We have commonality of magazines. Um, we have something that's much easier than the Glock to shoot. Uh, at long ranges and close ranges, for that matter. Um, well, let's take all those things and go with those two, and go with another Keltec. Let's go with an SU two thousand, which takes Glock magazines and nine millimeter. Or let's go with a Just Right carbine, which is one of my favorites right now uh, in a in a uh, pistol cal pistol caliber rifle. I'm in total agreement with you. I think that when when you're taking a Glock and you're changing its platform, yes, it may run. But like, you, how reliable is it going to be? Is it really going to be something that you're going to take down the road? You're going to you're going to get out of your trunk and you're going to go, okay, I got to shoot this guy who's got a hold of my wife or my kid or whatever it is. How confident? Because you know there's no help for hours around. How confident are you going to be in those Glock sights? The only thing, the only thing that where this makes sense to me, is if you can only own one gun for whatever reason. Maybe you live someplace weird. Where jurisdictionally, in some weird jurisdiction, like I've heard of countries where you can only own like one gun, and that's it. You get one. You you got to sell that one to buy another one. So I could almost see the argument, but then I remembered the Mechtech carbine. Anybody remember this thing from back in the day? Came out oh years ago. What this does is it replaces your upper on your handgun. And it's 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 like the Roni, except you completely you don't use your barrel, you don't use your recoil control system, but you do you, you use your magazines and your pistol frame. So it's an upper that goes on your pistol frame. Um, it's about the same price point of what we've been talking about here is the Roni, but you don't have to worry about the reliability problems. Would and I've be, heard real good things correct about or incorrect in saying that five five six is inherently more accurate than nine millimeter. I'd say you'd be incorrect if I had to guess. I'd say they're both about as accurate as one another. Um, the the thing about 5.56 is it will carry a lot more energy, a lot further, and it will be more accurate out further. That was going to be my, yeah. okay. my rebuttal to you was if, again, which goes back to my original theory of if you got to go get it, 
and you're you're obviously taking shots that are outside of yeah, we'll say forty yards in that sure. area. Bring the hate. I don't know what nine millimeter <laughs> does out of a sixteen inch barrel at forty yards, but I imagine my holdover is not gonna be is gonna be much worse than point shooting a five five six at yeah. forty yards, which well. is it, that, that's my thing. Again, if you got to go get it, there's probably a reason you need to go get it. Well, also, I've shot some 16-inch carbines at 100 yards. It's very doable. It's not a horrible idea, but you're always better off with a rifle round in that case, I think. And, I think uh, in that I think platform, that's your point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and for and sure. not to mention, you you would have a 30-round magazine. If you do that's five, a lot of bullets. if you go that's with five five way six, way too many bullets. Oh. So. How do you know? What if, you know what? You should get that, what if that you empty Mako it? group, what that if you starfish, the, and then you the could PMC. get 50. Yeah. I saw another one today. It what? was just the double side. It was just yes. two mags. Yes. I didn't know they had that. I just someone yeah. put that. You know, I saw it come yeah, across the Yeah, it was like butt to butt. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. called the OMC. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's nice. I like just taping my mags together with SpongeBob duct tape. Speaking of <laughs> taping things together and making all kinds of crazy things Yeah, I don't happen. like where you're going with that. I automatically don't like that. That sounds creepy. Is it scary to you? Did things not seem to work the way that you, you think know what? what are we taping? When you've, when you've seen what, what people can do with duct tape, where I come from, you would be concerned too. Yes? Yes. You can duct tape a grown man to a cannon and elevate that thing all the way up in the air and let him hang from it. You can take duct tape. Uh, wrap it around an individual and then put him on a hoist and hoist him 30 feet in the air and leave him there while you go to lunch. I've heard. So I didn't have a camera phone at the time. Let's just put it that way. We didn't have camera phones back then. I've heard. The Armatics Smart System is a gun and a watch that with a, use a radio frequency or an RFID um, to uh, basically allow you to fire this firearm. So if you have this watch on and you're in close enough proximity, um, it'll the the firearm will. This is a smart gun. Be hot. This is a smart gun. Mm-hmm. This is this is from the that awful James Bond movie type idea, right? That idea hurts my brain. So here's the problem. There's so many problems with smart guns, and I and we can we can hash them over here. Um, the biggest being that once you invent a smart gun and you put it on the market, there's at least one state, I think it's New Jersey, that kicks into its law saying that every gun has to be a smart gun. And we don't want that to happen anywhere. That's worse than the micro-stamping thing, right? Which we haven't talked about yet. We need to talk about that. Which we will talk about. Yeah. Um, but the fact that... This is a bad idea, and now it becomes mandatory for everybody except, uh, of course, police and uh, government officials. The, it, it just bothers me on such a level how horrible an idea this is and why you would do this to a community, and this thing costs a fortune. It, that, that hurts the cheapness in me. Well, not only does it hurt the cheapness in you, but what is it really out there to do? You have a watch that when in, when in close proximity, it won't allow the firearm to go off. Okay, great. How long did it take a 13-year-old to hack an iPhone? Oh, that's right. It took him 12 hours. He was the first one to hack an iPhone. It took that long? Yeah, it actually took 12 hours. Wow, that's actually longer than I expected. For him to actually fully hack into it, well, but he, he was 13. MIT iPhone. was like, that's easy. We're so, you guys are so nine hours later. So... This is yeah. a, this smart guns. Okay, here's the problem. Smart gun technology, one, it's not tried and true. Two, it's not mechanical. It's electrical. 
99 times out of 100. Uh, three, uh, what all the scenarios I can think of, you know, th- your watch battery dies. How many people have had a watch battery die? I have. What, so your gun watch battery? No, dies. it goes it goes into perfect thing that when you don't have a gun you run. So what you're doing is you're <laughs> Wait, running what? and you're like trying to get out of the range of your gun before the guy uses oh, it against you. Oh, because he took it away. And you're like, oh, I can run faster oh, than you. Here, what's the range? You get shot in your hand with the watch on it and it doesn't work anymore. Do you have to do some weird things so you can hold that hand up close to the gun so you can shoot it with your offhand? I read somewhere where the range you it, it, you choose. You, you can actually choose a, a range. So if the range is oh, five feet... Oh, that makes feet, it nine bazillion that, times better. <laughs> this, is, this is... There's no good idea here. Am I, I missing mean, it's, it? It's, you can choose within reason. You can't you can't go out, you know, miles or anything like that. Well, but. If, it's, if it's... Say it's... Call it four feet. A guy with a gun four foot away from your gun. He can take away your gun as long as he's standing within uh, four feet. Let's just go with like 48 inches. <sighs> Still. Still. I'm sorry. There's just no... There's no... <laughs> It's math, isn't it? I failed at math. That's four feet, so go ahead. How am I supposed to know that? I don't have a chart in front of me. What do you think? I carry around a yardstick? Ethan's doing math on his iPhone. I don't know who you're fooling. He's right. I don't even do math on my iPhone. 48 centimeters. What did you say, centimeters? Four feet. Either way. Whoa. Inches. Whoa. Again. We didn't win back-to-back world wars just so some uppity dude can come here and tell me I have to learn how to measure things in a centimeter, whatever that is. Okay? <laughs> this is America. So if this gun is within one click. I'm measuring, yeah, one click that you I'm measuring horsepower. That's the only thing I'm measuring, okay? That's, uh, that's Newton meters. That, too. <laughs> you take your science stuff and you go somewhere else. I told that teaching lady, I says, look here, only three letters I need to know is U.S. and A. And speaking of which, this Back isn't made here in America. The stupid gun, I'm sorry, the smart gun isn't made in America, right? This is a, this is GBMH. That's a, that's a German company. I'm not even surprised. Not to be a xenophobe, uh, but uh, you know, hey, right? America and stuff. So. You know, well, this just keeps in line with their affinity for all guns made of plastic. Well, not bad. I'm not saying that's bad. I carry a Glock, but it just it, it's not surprising that it came. Well, out I of don't Europe. know why this would be okay because it looks like it's something that you could easily print. <laughs> It'd be a good. I don't even want to yeah. be here. Yeah. Does it have thirty clips? Well, um, so the many Smart half Tech seconds. Foundation director Jim Pitkow said, "We believe that by incentivizing innovation, we can." create smarter consumer products and ultimately a higher standard for safety for all Americans. Ultimately, the free markets will determine whether the technology solutions that we are entering the market are viable or not. We think that it's worth the exploration. And that's from uh, Smart Tech Foundation Director Jim Pitkow. It's worth the exploration. I completely 100% agree. I completely agree that in a free market, so if you want to sell this thing, go right ahead. It's a horrible idea, but there's lots of horrible ideas on the market. Do you know where they showcased it? New Jersey. The Disney Vault? Because that's where it needs to go and stay. (laughs) They did it for the Smart Tech crowd in Uh San Francisco. Were they even allowed to take that in there? Nope. I mean, it's probably not working. I don't heads. think that it's legal for them to even Wait, take it into this. Wait, was this the one lines? where we watched the video where the where the the it didn't work? The guy I took the watch that. away and the gun still went click. It was something weird I didn't like see that. that. I, I we didn't talk recall. about that. No. Okay. So there is good. 
Those are your dreams. That was my. <laughs> I had some weird dreams. I shouldn't have eaten the yogurt with the strawberries right before bed. Did that was eat, a mistake. You ate that old sushi that he had in his refrigerator. Because I ate the old it sushi was, that I had. It was it was old strawberries. I will say that Albertsons had imitation crab on sale, so I bought a crab fair, with a K. Fair bit of imitation crab. How to go along with your five <laughs> gallons of Sunny D. Actually, yes, I literally imitation bought those at the same and time. Sunny D. Yes. Oh. Imitation orange juice. Oh, no, 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 And imitation crab meat. Um, he, here's the deal. <laughs> I don't know how many people have ever shot quote an electronic gun. I've shot uh-huh. electronic guns. Scott okay. might have too. I did duck hunt. I don't like replacing fuses on my guns. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, speaking of good ideas from bad, this technology can exist in a place where I would almost recommend it. I'm very interested in it. There's a product called The Gun Box. And I don't know if you've all seen this. Yes. Um, you can go to thegunbox.com and check it out. And what it is is it is a it's a gun vault or safe uh, like the lines of, you know, your current quick access biometric safes. But uh, in this case, it looks good. It doesn't look like a gun safe, which is a bonus. It looks almost like a an air cleaner or air like filter. A modem. Like a room. It looks yeah. like a big modem. That's a good way I was going to say. That's why I was oh, talking no. about is that's so it can sit on your desk and it's or not a, really. Or a, one of those smokers, you know, freshener. Oh, a vapor rub. Yeah, like a vapor Yeah, it looks like a fancy version of that. But what it is. It also it, looks like it could store a gun, though. It turns out that's it what it's for. It also looked like aliens huh. pop out of it and take That'd over the cool world. That'd be cool if there were aliens. No, that's a terrible idea. Oh. And you're going to leave it next to your bed while you sleep? Well, no, I was going to give it to all my friends. Well, friends. You I'll take one. Sick. Exactly. Sick man. <laughs> yes, I am. So the reason I like this is it uses the similar RFID technology. Yes. Um, and you can wear a silly watch. It, it comes with a... It's not an ugly watch band, but let's face it, it doesn't go with uh, my shoes. It's a shoes. Livestrong band. It comes with a Livestrong band yeah. with an RFID. You have, you, have three ways or, to, you have three RFID ways to access right. it. You have a ring. Yep. You have a wristband. Yep. Or I'm sorry. And then and you stickers. have stickers. Well, and stickers, but you also have a more cooler, tactical-looking wristband as well. Oh, so I didn't see the untactical yeah, there's, wristband. That's there's like the the... The normal silicone bracelets that we see every day, and then they have the tactical one, and then the stickers that you would stick onto a card and then insert yeah. into your wallet, so you could just have your wallet near it. You could basically drop one of the stickers it. in your card, yeah, and those your card, your wallet's near, and it pops open, which is brilliant. I like this thing. It can also use biometrics. Is that right? Yes, it can. Have I read that? Okay. Uh, so this combines all the good things that we've been talking about with some of the. I need to see this product to see how you get in it when the power's out and the batteries are dead. Well, That's they say what the, I need to they, know. The, the battery, you can charge it. It actually has a USB port to charge other things. That I did see. Without charging anything else, this box will stay charged for, I believe, three weeks. Well, that's impressive. Dude, you can, I mean, they show it in the video. You can unplug yeah, it and like, take it with you. Yeah, they offer three versions of the box. Uh, the first one for two seventy nine is the RF only. The uh, the next one is Wait, what's the price point? Two seventy nine. That's not bad. It's I not it bad was at a all. Lot more no, the no, the GPS one, one's like five hundred. The oh, next okay. one is the Gunbox Biometric. That's only two ninety nine. That gives you or four hundred. That gives you the fingerprint. Instead of just having the RFID, and then the uh, final version is the Gunbox Premier, which is four hundred and seventy-five dollars, right? And also includes a GPS tracker, so that if twenty-four-seven um, monitor tracking and alert notifications for seventy-five bucks a year with the 
subscription fee, which is brilliant. Now, if somebody does steal your stuff, you can track them. Uh, you get alerted on it, and it looks good. It also is tamper. Now, the thing is getting stolen. Here's the better one. If someone disturbs it, i.e. kiddos, right. oh, you like get a notification you get, yeah. to your phone. Oh, there it's you an go. App, so it lets you know right. that someone touched it. You're out at the movies. The babysitter's at the house watching the kiddos. The kiddos sneak away from their babysitter start messing with your guns. You get a text message now, and you can call up and tell them to beat your kids. And one of the things that I had to look closely at was the fact that in the early prototypes, I see him getting in, in the video. If you watch it, he gets into his truck. And he puts it down next to him. I didn't see any mounting holes. Well, like they said, those were early prototypes. They were just building those out probably while they were making the videos. There's actually ten holes to mount this. You can mount it. You can even mount T-E-N, it. T-E-N, not T-I-N? Correct. Okay. Ten. You can mount it upside down and on um, a vertical Surface. Uh, you can mount it horizontally oh. or vertically. Oh, upside down. No, um, upside down. You or, can... You can mount it inverted? It comes with a, a clip. Brilliant. It does come with a clip that allows you to... It can also that. be anchored with a Kensington cable lock. Another oh, notable yeah, you know, see, and that's, that's smart. But see, I saw that, but yeah, I don't know. If somebody knows that you have a gun, they know what gun's in there, they come in with some stuff and well, clip Ken, it and Kensington get it out Kensington cable there. locks aren't exactly as bulletproof as... But, you know, neither is a, a lag bolt into the wall. I mean, right, you pull right. that off with anything. So, but... As a product, I think this is full of great ideas. I'm excited by it. I'm hoping we get our hands on one, and uh, you know, we'll throw it down They're the driveway. They're not going to start shipping them until mid March. Well, we um, won't get one till then, then at the earliest, and that's just an estimated delivery. Now, uh, on top of everything that this box has to offer, it is actually um, it's not plastic and it's not chintzy little metal. What kind of metal is it if it's not chintzy? It has aircraft strength aluminum alloy shell. Aluminium. Aluminium. All right. <laughs> Here he, he's upset by the aluminium thing because we won the war. I'm surrounded by crazy people. <laughs> you are the crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> I have to take that out. Just beep him. Can't take so, <laughs> you said, darn it. Barnacles. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Now, I could say so. I could get you with a fiddlesticks. Ooh, I like fiddlesticks. Oh, look, lemonade. <laughs> Last week we talked about, um, we were talking about pistol grips and specifically the, the Mo K, and then we were talking about, we didn't know if there was a Mo K plus, and then the Hogue, and we were talking about a couple different AR pistol grips that have kind of the rubberized texture feature to them. Right. And uh, Eric, a buddy of mine named Eric, he's a, he's a cop up north of here, he... Uh, sent me a message this morning regarding the use of the extended use of his Mo Plus grip. If I might interrupt. Yeah, I guess. Mad cushy props to Eric and a virtual high five. All right. Go ahead, please. No, uh, Eric is a, Eric's a full-time police officer, so he, he gets a lot of time on time on the gun and he gets some, you know, the ability to review and really stretch the legs on some equipment and he actually sent me a you know a little text and a message and a picture of a p- picture I haven't seen one of those a in a while picture of his Mo Plus that he's been running on his everyday work gun for the last uh, two years and he says compared to a Hogue uh, it hasn't gotten unsticky. It hasn't like started peeling away. If you've ever right. had like stuff the adhesive stuff that kind of starts you get the little rubber crumblies almost that come yeah. off of it. He says it, it's, it's completely held up. Yeah, rubber crumblies. I patented that. 
patent. It's kind of like patent to it's kind of like dry tires is a way for somebody to reference it. It's, it's yeah, dry tires. It starts to crack and then little pieces start to come off. He says uh, no peeling and no loss of traction are his words. There, there you go. Grip the grip no loss of gription. Gription. The griposity factor is high here. <laughs> Remains high throughout its use. Well, thank you for that feedback, Eric, and it's good to know that the Mo product. Who we assumed was a good product, right? I mean, <laughs> it's. I mean, it, it kind of goes to Magpul's name on how that the, how they've actually the the thought that they put behind designing their products and the formulas that they put into it. I mean, how many times have you had a pair of Oakleys with the uh, what is that little rubbery gasket that just falls apart? Yep. And you have a Mo, which he probably uses that gun. Let's just safely say he's a cop, so he probably could work at least four days a week. Mm-hmm. And I'm not being rude. I mean, that's what they work. Um, so he's probably working four days. So he's probably handling that gun a few times each day. And that means he's left his oil, sweat, you know, everything on that. And it's still sticky, and it's not peeling and yep. falling apart. And it's and the thing is, it's cheap. It I, is cheap. I, mean, it's it's these only, are, I think it's 24 Yeah. Something like that. Because the because the the Mo Grip is twenty or is nineteen, and so that's actually I think that's like twenty four ninety nine. So it's twenty five bucks, a couple bucks more. And you you have the ability to grab stuff when you're. But now that's one thing to ask him is how does it handle when he's sweating or if it's raining or something like that. Okay, I'll make a point. And then and he'll on be listening. Top of that, so. what does it react to every gloves, every type of every glove. gloves, like every type of glove? The is real it question like leather is leather and all that. Right. Is it still oh, sticky true. to all of those gloves? The real important question is though, is does the color still match? Mm. Mm. When, he, when he takes flash mm. photography of it, is it hard to get the colors mm. to match? Does he have to play with the hue, saturation settings, or, or what? Have, that's why we have filters. Because you can't put it up on the internet mm. if I, the colors I, don't match. Oh, I feel sick to my stomach. My friend's over at Delta Gear, actually. Um, mm-hmm. the, I bought my GoPro from him a couple years back and uh, won, a, won a contest. And, you know, I got some shirt and some swag and stuff he sent over. And um, Has he, he sent us any? Swag. Well, he'll be listening to this podcast. Yeah. So he uh, he just wanted to let us know and let everyone else know that they're actually moving locations to. Okay. I believe you said I've got it written down. Birmingham, Alabama. I knew it was Alabama. Um, they actually specialize a lot in like um, high adventure gear, um, helmets, mouth guards. You know, mountain biking, kayaking, um, mm-hmm. skydiving is a big thing. So altimeters, um, cameras, a lot Al- of GoPro. Altimeters. <laughs> Wait, what? what just happened? I don't. I can't work under these conditions. Um, but GoPros, GoPro mounts for you guys that like to mount your contours and your GoPros. Uh, weapon mounts. They have weapon mounts. If you've been looking for a way to mount your cameras to your rifles or your pistol, for that matter, they sell the mounts for it. Uh, but they sell all that kind of stuff, survival gear, things like that. So give them a check. Uh, Delta Gear Inc. DeltaGear.com. And um, give them give them a look, give them a shout, tell them tell them we sent you. So uh, they're expecting you guys. And oh, also be on the lookout. I was laying in bed this morning, basically being awesome. Whoa, 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 and, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Be on the lookout. Hey, Stop. you know what? Just let this go. Let this shh, let this happen. Anyway, be awesome. So rudely interrupted. I won a contest on Instagram. Um, well, we our, know this is a lie. No, it's you, not a lie. you never win anything. It's written down. It's proof. 
It's proof. It's science. Just because you wrote it down somewhere with a crayon uh-uh, on the back it's, of a It's napkin. Instagram, so you know it's true. Look, when you purchase something, I do. you get a P.O., and it is written down on I'm that. I'm literally just <laughs> rubbing my face against the microphone. That does not mean oh you won God. anything. I, they, they, Look sh- what my credit card company gave me. <laughs> what is that? I don't... What are we talking... Why can't I... Why do people take that away from me? I just want to be happy. We all do. Anyway... Anyway, our friends over at Rain Rain Inc. Uh, they 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 actually started their new line of uh, high high end gear called Rain Black. Scott, I think, uh, came away with a pretty cool pouch actually that they're designing. Yeah, look for some T and E in the near future. That thing. Well, on top of that, um, and not to outdo Scott, and by that I mean to outdo Scott, I won one of their new chest rigs, the uh, Vector LCP. It's called. It's made of the the plate minimus, the Hypalon stuff we were talking about. Uh, Remind everybody. Hypalon, it's uh, like a, it's almost a rubbery nylon material. It's very light. It's very lightweight. Okay. Reminds me of a urethane. Yeah, it's real, real strong. Mm-hmm. It's usually laser die cut. So mm-hmm. I've seen it both ways. Um, laser cut or die cut? Yes. Because that's, that's what I mean. Both. Very different. Both. Well, of they those laser are cut science. the dyes. Yeah, that's science. You can't argue with it. So <laughs> I just stole that from you. Math. So. Um, what it allows you to do is have grid systems that are molly compatible that are very very lightweight and very very minimum as a matter of fact um there's there's uh, items that use the word minimum <laughs> in the uh in it uh blue force gear yeah they're min- i said that it's it's not the their minimus. material but yes their stuff if you're familiar with their minimus line uh it's very similar to that idea and it's a brilliant idea it cuts down on the bulk and the weight and uh that's a nice chest rig which one did you get the lc the vector lcp they only okay. make one i think Vector chest rig. So, Kiski, I just wanted to keep an eye for that because that'll be uh, forthcoming here at some point. Mm-hmm. So, as I await it uh, with much anticipation. That rig was selected for the SOFLCS. That sounds like something fancy from the military. What is that? You, uh, you're believe, in the military. Now, if I was, now, but without reading, I want to I want to take a stab at this. Special okay. Operations Forces Load Carriage or Load Carrying System. Ooh, yeah, I bet you that's it because later on down here it says something about LCS mounting. Mm. And uh, I, I pray it's about pouches. Pouches. <laughs> 